Welcome to Hollywood 2.0, this is Peter Katz. On today's show we have Jeff Smith and Neil Lieberman, co-directors of the Arrested Development documentary. I actually got involved with this documentary because of Jeff Smith right over here. Uh, I've been in the automotive industry, really in the data industry, working with data for uh, 12, 13 years. Now I'm kind of changing my career path a bit. Um, I'm also uh, very interested in gardening and helping people start their own vegetable gardens, so I've been doing a little consulting there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm from Massachusetts, moved out to LA like within a month of graduating from college to try and do what we are presently doing. Um, I have tried to make a, a feature on my own, like an original script starring nobody with no money with no help, um, and quickly realized that I wasn't capable of doing everything on my own. Um, so it, um, over budget, over schedule, I, I just pulled the plug on it. But um, it took me a, a couple of years to kind of get my thoughts together about how I was going to try to do this again. And I, uh, I had some documentary ideas, and I kind of wanted to do one that had sort of some kind of audience already built in to help our chances of anybody ever seeing it, and um, that's kind of how we got here. Now, when you decided to create this doc, what was the moment like? Were you at a coffee shop? Were you hanging out? Was it a phone call? What was this kind of like this inciting incident? Well, the, the story goes that Jeff's brother, Adam, who actually did most of the music for the film. He's a musician. Um, he had invited, I would say, about 20, 25 people to go to Yosemite to go camping. And as it turns out, uh, the two of us were the only ones that ended up going. So, um, you know, we had, we basically had sealed the deal while we were having a romantic weekend camping. Not really romantic. No, it was far from romantic, but it was quite a weekend camping. And, uh, you know, Jeff had brought it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, kind of what I just told you, I've been mulling around a bunch of ideas, and Neil and I had both, um, knew, knew, we'd known that we were both kind of super fans of the show, and so I kind of brought it up that trip, and we just, we really, we really came up with a game plan right there that weekend about um, how we were going to attack this problem. I mean, we never in a million years expected to get anybody involved with the show, so we never had that mentality of, of you know, going that route. We, we thought it was going to be like all fans, so we kind of came up with a game plan on how to even get fans, because this was in the days before Facebook. This was MySpace and, and Craigslist. That's how we found people. Yeah. So, so you had a span of time that it took to create the doc and develop it and structure the narrative and put it all over together. During that time, the the landscape of the entertainment industry has just radically changed. How did your strategies for distribution and marketing evolve from that bromance to now? Um, I mean, I remember, I don't know at what point it was, I remember talking to Neil about uh, the idea of DVDs and kind of like that seemed so... Um, old and like expensive for for independent filmmakers like you know making a hard copy of something and then having to ship it and and all that so we really kind of wanted to go digital from the beginning 
because that's the cheaper, easier route for everybody. So you're saying from the very beginning years ago, you knew exactly kind of the roundabout digital uh, distribution model. Uh, that was what you were go from from the beginning to at this point. You had a kind of a clear vision. It wasn't changing dramatically uh, over that span of time. I mean, it did change because there was no Netflix streaming. There was, you know, there was not a lot of anything digitally, really. I mean, it was like, how do you get this file to somebody? There wasn't that much um, able. But um, yeah, as the years have gone on, which it was five and a half, um, things did change a lot, and it has gotten a lot easier. There's more bandwidth. So, so the so basically your opportunities increased. So it's almost like hypothetically if you release it earlier, you would have had less opportunities. It's like it's almost like the timing aligned. I know it's like a long time and no one wants to wait, but everything kind of aligned simultaneously with this show going on Netflix and then you have all these uh distribution partners. Because you know, I'm a I'm a filmmaker myself and in the past you make a deal with a distributor and it's like throwing something down a dark hole and you don't know what you don't know what's going on and you don't know if it hits the bottom or it's like this really mysterious kind of like magical world but here the numbers are pretty much presented to you so you kind of know what you put in and what you get out yeah yeah it's very cool <laughs> no it's no it's great and so i looked it up you have um so far i see you have vhx film buff and tug are there any other uh, platforms that you were partnering with or you know, collaborations? There's other stuff in the works, but nothing for certain. Um, but like, Film Buff, you know, has kind of put us in a lot of places. They put us on iTunes and Amazon and Video On Demand. So um, that really kind of really opened us up to a lot of people. Now, so since you have all these, you know, different, uh, currently what you could talk about, of course, until otherwise, how do you rate them? How do you rate VHX, Film Buff, and Tug so far? What is your thoughts on it? Like, you know, say you're talking to filmmakers, would would you be your um, your recommendations to um, from based on your experience dealing with these new types of partnerships? I mean, it's it's a little early for me to like even really give an opinion, especially because this is the first time and I don't really have anything to compare it to. But um, I mean, to my fault too. I I didn't make it easy for anybody. Um, just being a first-time filmmaker, we, we, you know, we didn't do everything the correct way, and it has created speed bumps along the way. But I think everything has been ironed out now, and uh, the ball is now rolling, which is good. And when you mean speed bumps, is it just the typical music rights, picture rights, just typical stuff that everyone deals with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like you know, we get a we have a deadline, and things aren't exactly all lined up, and how do we? make that deadline and not piss everybody off all the way. Our timing is uncanny. I mean, that, that's also part of it, that people didn't really, they weren't talking about Arrested Development as much until about a year ago, and then it really picked up steam, and that's when we started getting some traction. So uh, again, our timing of coming out before um, the season four is what we were aiming for. Yep. Uh, I mean, ultimately, we would have loved to have it come out Years ago, three years ago, but if it did, I think you said this. It wouldn't. There wasn't as much interest. It may not have made a splash at that point, and it may not have helped the momentum of everything going on now. Right. I mean, now we're riding this wave, which is awesome for us. And and we're talking about like a film buff. So tell me what film buff exactly does, because I'm I'm kind of new to this uh, company. 
Like what is their like what is the van like what are what is it because I know they're a sales agent. I don't know exactly like how do you how do you work with them like in are they a distributor? What is where do they fit into the formula? Yeah, they're the distributor, so they we hand off the file and they kind of do everything else. We don't have to like make deals with iTunes because I've I've just heard from you know friends of mine it's a pain in the ass to deal with especially iTunes and Amazon like there's just a lot of specific things you have to do in a certain way and in, in an order and you know these guys handled all that because that's what they do which is awesome and they fast tracked it right you know we're talking about an experience with them they were put in like Jeff said the speed bumps so they normally take a certain amount of time three months to get a film out they did it in a little bit over a month if not a month yeah for that you know we have no complaints that's it's really really awesome so we don't have anything to compare it to but if they did it in one third the time we're really happy with that that they helped us get to the timing that we wanted and they wanted it as well right i mean when i first talked to them i was like yeah i have this movie and yeah the new episodes are coming out i want it to come out before that i don't want it to come out after because then we're kind of missing that wave that we're riding right now and they they heard me, but then when they watched it, they understood. They're like, "Yes, we couldn't agree more. We're going to make this happen," and they did. So right now, for people listening, how many different places can they buy it right now? Like, uh, or will be able to? You feel? VHX is that's on our website, and then Apple and I, or iTunes and and um, Amazon, and then uh, various. I don't know the list. I don't have the list in front of you. Various video on demand, like on your cable. I know it's on Directv. I don't know. Xbox also. Yeah. I know I've, I've read that people have been watching it on Xbox, which is that's awesome. And uh, have, have you talked to the fans when they start watching it? Have you seen where they're coming from? Yeah. Where are they predominantly? Uh, you feel they're getting access to uh, the movie? Uh, I think iTunes yeah. from early early data that we're seeing. That seems to be the majority of it. The most feedback or the most. Ratings and right. reviews are on iTunes as opposed to Amazon. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know how we would tell yeah. the video on demand. Right. And um, and you guys had a successful Kickstarter. Um, tell me about that experience. Yeah. So um, we were getting close to you know getting to the end and ready to release this. And one of those speed bumps that Jeff talked about was um, these photo uh, licensing fees. That we had, and, and we were provided photos free of charge by people who worked on the show that took pictures on the set. Well, of course, if they're on the set, then as we learned, then that's going to be property of the network. So um, we've been in talks with the network. Oh. I'm sorry about that. My phone oh. just. Uh, <laughs> you keep going. We had been in talks with the network uh, for a while, and it was like. You know, two years before this, so it's kind of like starting over again. Yeah. Um, but we got to we got to a point, and they gave us a deep discount for the licensing fees, which is really awesome of them. Um, but still, for us as independent filmmakers, we still don't even if it's a quarter of the price, we still don't have those funds. And you know, Jeff and I knew about Kickstarter. I actually supported pro two projects on it, and Jeff said. You know, why don't we do Kickstarter? Why don't we do this and get, you know, and be able to help us fund and get to the end and finally be done with it? And we did, and we just kind of had some fun with the with the project on Kickstarter itself. Did some, you know, we obviously got to our goal. It took three days, which was 
exceeded our expectations. I mean, those, the people that backed us and the people that even didn't that couldn't, I mean, just the fact that they considered it is really amazing. And the people got us to that point. We got a lot of traction. I mean, a lot of, we got picked up on a lot of pretty big websites and just thrown around. And yeah, that three days, I mean, we, it was amazing to, to hit that goal that fast. And then going over, we wanted to get a little bit more back. So we did all kinds of contests and gave out um, the extra extra stuff that we had, you know, extra T-shirts, posters, DVDs, that kind of thing, the digital downloads. Um, so that really helped us also to have a real premiere. Um, some of the Kickstarter backers funded the premiere. So we were able to have that locally um, here in LA. And that was uh, May 1st, so we were excited to have the world world premiere. No, oh, that's, uh, that's very exciting. When you're hanging out you know, with other filmmakers, what do you think is the biggest misconceptions they have about Kickstarter if they've never gotten their hands dirty in a Kickstarter campaign? That just, I mean, this isn't just with filmmakers, but just anybody in general who sees that number that we make, that we raise, like, everybody's like, oh, you're rich. You're <laughs> You made fifteen thousand more than you were asking for. Yes and no. I mean, there's a, there's there's you know stuff you don't hear about. There's taxes and everybody takes a little piece, and then there's all the rewards and everything that people are paying for. So it's it that I mean that's the biggest thing for me because I mean that money is gone. Yeah, it's <laughs> all gone and then some. Yeah, it's not like we're we're sitting on uh, any money right now. But I mean, and the thing is, is that yeah, like Jeff said. Um, you have entities that are going to take, you're going to get 10% taken off the top. So, uh, which still is great. I mean, we still did very well and we're, we're able to pay, we're able to pay off things that we didn't know that we'd have to pay. So right. that's why the money's all spent. You know, you have different insurances that you need to cover that we didn't know about and uh, just so more speed bumps. Yeah, but everything is everything was taken care of and Kickstarter really helped. So. We're happy. Another misconception that I would say is that, um, yeah, you need to really budget everything and over budget. You need to think about what shipping is going to be. You need to think about because you're going to, even though you have your international backers and some people have them pay more, international shipping, especially if you're shipping posters or stuff like that, is going to be pricey. So take that all into consideration. Um, but live in yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. And people had fun too. Like, I was happy that people were happy. Yeah, I would do it again in a second. Yeah. And in this case, it was, it was like we were just as the finishing touches. You know, now if we had Kickstarter around back then, it may have been a totally different situation for us. But yeah, technology changes, and we're, we're at a good time right now to release this. And I, and I noticed, because I've done some research on different Kickstarter campaigns, and some people do it beautifully well. They engage the community. They have good prizes. And other people, they're just like hump and dump. They're like, all right, here, get, get your money. I'm out of here. And it's just like you see what people start as your friends is slowly you start to sink and they start hating you. And you're like, oh, this is terrible. This is exactly the opposite of Kickstarter. And I noticed with you, you guys actually I see a real personal relationship. The same people are enjoying it. It's a, it's different than a, not saying all Kickstarters to go bad, but some of them go pretty bad. So I was wondering, how do you keep track of all these fans that you inter interact with during this project? How do you keep this, you know, community management strong? 
it, again, I think it helps I'm a data person. So everything that, you know, Kickstarter does a good job of compiling the data itself. You can export it, work with it in Excel or Access or however you want to work it. But that's the key is that Kickstarter does a good job with letting you communicate with people. Uh, you know, you can put in notes. Like every time I, someone won a poster, I was able to put that in, in a note. And then I can see that and I knew exactly who would get who's going to get that poster and if I need to ask for their address or not. So you really need to use um, the resources that Kickstarter has, but at the same time, you need to do it yourself. You need to message people. You need to put you need to set updates. Um, don't keep people in the dark because once they do them they're going to start asking questions and or getting pissed. Yeah. And no matter what you say, no matter what information you put there, people aren't going to read everything. So be patient with people that, you know, if you told people that they should, you know, go to this website and download this, and that was the only thing in the email, some people don't read it and, and they don't get the email, it just kind of goes to the, you know, it goes past them. So just be patient with people too, and responsive. If you, if someone's mad about something, you need to respond to them quickly. Don't let them stew. But at the same time, we didn't want it to make it seem like and we weren't, that we were just in it for the money and like, yeah. we, we wanted people to feel, um, we, wanted, we wanted them to, to feel important to us, which they were. I mean, we, so. didn't, we didn't have to do all these like silly update videos and all this stuff that we did, but we wanted people to feel like they were getting their money's worth, whatever that may be. No, um, you're, you're, you're making sure that they didn't feel that it was just kind of like you guys running off to like, I don't know, Cancun for spring right. break and then their money disappears that's like the last thing they want to think about it now when it comes to tracking people are you using like a crm like uh what kind of uh, tools like is there a platform that you recommend um for managing all these fans i know it's tough actually we've been using gmail <laughs> so just gmail so there isn't like some advanced software or whatever that's there is there is something that we just started using uh once we were once we were working with FilmBuff and, and other ancillary companies they work with, um, I think it's called uh, Monkey. I need to look at what it is. It's just a way that you could send out a bunch of emails at one time because I didn't know that they had that available. I had to send out 600 some emails personally to each person. Oh my God. I was up till four in the morning sending these emails up, waiting for it to be live the next day. So, um, that I have not really mastered um, throughout this, but but that stuff wasn't even around when we started, and nobody told us along the way. So we're discovering this <laughs> stuff as we go. Yeah. It's a learning curve on everything. No, it's a, it's one of the most important stuff is you you learn by doing. Now, as kind of now you've you know you've gotten to the game, you've you got your movie out, and you've worked with Kickstarter. What do you feel about Zach Braff? Because this is weird. Like he's just, he's a polarizing figure. And some people go, wow, he's bringing attention to Kickstarter. People are like, he's a rich guy. Rich people should use their own money. Like, how do you feel about this, you know, situation? I mean, movies are expensive. Yeah. They are. And, you know, he might want to make a $5 million movie, but who wants to put $5 million into something that might not make any money? I don't know. I mean, there's going to be backlash. This this is going to continue. Like, the Veronica Mars thing hit right when... when the same time that we went out, and there was backlash on that. It's only there's going to be there's going to be more. There, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know. It's again, it's new. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think that the, uh, the Veronica Mars thing was funny because we didn't know about what was going on with Veronica Mars because we actually, we would have launched before that if it wasn't for some hiccups that we had connecting our bank account. There's all kinds of stuff that you have to make sure you do before another thing for Kickstarter. Get started early, as early as possible because each thing, they need to verify your bank account and if you have a corporation, we have an LLC for the movie. So if you do that, it's gonna take longer. And if you're in a rush to get out, you may be pushed back. So we didn't know about what was going on with Veronica Mars. In fact, we had an interview and someone said, it's very interesting because your video, the date, your first one is before Veronica Mars even came out. Meaning that, try and man, we weren't the first ones to go out with a movie on there. There's a lot of them, but they made that point that we were definitely not copying. And, and then people kept asking us about this about Veronica Mars and how does that affect your decision? Well, it didn't affect our decision because- It had already been made. Yeah, we already did. We were already doing it. There was nothing, and in terms of Zach Braff, I mean, unless there's rules that say that, you know, you can't do it because you have too much money, like maybe they should do that. If people, there's a backlash. They, Kickstarter should look at that because people are not gonna wanna support projects if that's how they feel. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting if, that, if that's how the supporters feel they should voice their opinion because they want that. That's for, you know, it's crowdfunding. It is supposed to be for the people, but there's no restriction. But not everybody's complaining because he raised his money in like yeah. two days. So I don't know. Yeah, I personally don't think it's a, a bad thing. It was no one's putting a gun to your hand saying, you have to support Zach Braff now. Okay. Like, you're like, all right, you can. Scrubs is kind of a funny show, but no one's forcing you to do that. People mm -hmm. buy all sorts of crazy shit. I mean, like, you look at them, rich people own horses. They own tons of horses. I don't want to ride a horse, but I mean, they, if they want to spend the money there, they're fine, you know? Yeah. And and yeah. I think it's, I think that's with this too. I mean, if George, if like, I know it's not ever going to happen. If George Lucas like had a crazy idea and he's like, all right, I'm going to kickstart the next Star Wars. I would encourage it. I wouldn't. But if people want to spend a fortune to bringing it to life through Kickstarter, you know, that's their prerogative, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, now, what what TV show would you love to be Kickstarter? Like, is there any show that you would just love to get back on the air through Kickstarter? That could be random. Yeah, that's already back. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> that's a good question. What is one of the TV shows? There's actually not that many shows that even yeah. can compare that we would, as we call it, other people call it a labor of love. We're just trying to think of, well, what would you do a documentary? What other TV show would you do a documentary about? I don't know. It's a good question. Well, well, there's a show that had, it was a Briscoe County Junior with Bruce Campbell, which is a weird show that I liked. It was kind of like a, a steampunk western. It was, it was, I don't know if, it, I don't know if I exactly remembering the correct details of it, but it was such a bizarre show. I think it was Bruce Campbell and it was this western and it was really bizarre and it just disappeared. It just vanished. So I don't know. That's, that could be a potential. Now, as uh, filmmakers that have uh, existed in, the new media and, you know, traditionally make a documentary. Do you think film school should change, you know, and mute into something different? Because this is obviously not the world that people are nostalgic about. This isn't, you know, this is an entirely different uh, playing field. How would you think they should change if they need to? Uh, well, I didn't go to film school. Neither did I. <laughs> um. You know, I don't know, like, based on an outside observer, what film school, you, people you think film school is, you know, like, you know, the certain tools, like, what skill sets do you think that people need to be, uh, you know, learning and building? I mean, 
like we said, getting out there and just doing it, trying it, and making those mistakes. Like you really do learn from your mistakes. Um, I mean, social media, of course, is huge for independent filmmakers. So if you are, you know, one of those people that are really against Facebook and Twitter and all that, you may have to put that aside if you want to get the word out. Because we're working with, you know, one one person can tweet something to. 30,000 people, whereas we can only do to so many. So I mean that, in terms of PR for your film, I think that if they haven't already added that type of stuff, it seems like fluff, but hey, it's free. But at the same time, I mean, from what I've gathered over the years of being out here, like film school kind of teaches you how to make Hollywood big budget movies, where, you know, 99% of, of film students don't ever even get that chance. I don't know. I'm just kind of impartial about film school, like doing it, doing doing it Robert Rodriguez style. No, I mean the tools are so cheap now. Like the red cameras just getting cheaper and cheaper. At a certain point, you go, what am I? What is the? So I can't get my friends to stay up late, eat pizza, drink Coca Cola, and just make something late at night. What it's like? What is the? What are they offering? I'm not knocking film school, but I'm just saying that there's a lot more access and more reach and distribution that you'd ever have so it seems like it's a lot more of a competitive to not do it than to do it itself so and now since you know what kind of future projects do you see yourselves doing is it another documentary potentially yeah i mean we have a bunch of ideas we we want to do it's deciding which one to actually pursue um but i don't i never had a real plan to 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 make documentaries like this one just kind of came to my mind, so I don't want to limit myself. I mean, this, the next, probably my next project will be a documentary just because I've made one and the second one will always be easier. Definitely. Um, but we don't have like a definitive next plan. We've, I mean, this has been a long, arduous five and a half years and we're kind of trying to enjoy it right now before. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you do the victory lap first and then I'm gonna ask the question. So it's just kind of like, you know. Yeah. you know, get on with it. Last question is, please, you know, talk about your project to like, you know, if there's anything else you want to like, let people hear about it or anything coming up with you on your schedule or any events, yeah. you know, I would love to share that with the listeners. Yeah, I mean, really right now we're, we're just like Jeff said, kind of just enjoying the wave of what's going on and everything arrested development. Um, I mean, with the 26th coming up pretty soon, with the episode, with the you know the fourth season marathon that we're gonna have to have, um, you know, there's there's just every next day it seems like something something arrested development is happening. Um, you know, the banana stand is going from place yeah. to place. It was in uh, London, I think it's in New York, and I believe it's gonna be coming. I imagine it's gonna be coming here probably last or something. Um, we've had some promotional ideas um, to do with other fans. So we're just kind of trying to figure out like how we want how we want to promote it. Uh, it's been, I mean, it's been a grassroots, very grassroots thing from the beginning, just because that's all we were limited to. So we're we've we've got a couple more things that we're going to try in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we put up posters before the um, premiere in random places. They they were t- most of them were taken down. Yeah, we put up. But um, we expected that. But it was fun to do. We took pictures and stuff like that just to get people saying, oh, I didn't even know that this was out there. Or, you know, you have all these new people that are interested in development that weren't three years ago, two years ago, six months ago. 
So there's always new people to reach out to. I'm going to consider you guys geniuses that you waited five years. You knew exactly what was going to happen on Netflix. And you predicted it all along. It was like yeah. some very like Machiavellian, you know, strategy that as soon as it would air, it was perfect timing. And yeah. don't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. Well, guys, thanks so much for being on the my podcast. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, checking out your film and promoting it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. You can check me out at petercats.net. It's K-A-T-Z. And you can email me at catsfilms at gmail.com.